Well, good evening. Um, it is always uh, an honor and a humbling experience to be here, um, uh, being able to present something that um, you know is, is is a little bit of a testimony uh, and a, a little bit of where I'm at right now. And uh, it's always amazing and powerful how you know things jump out at you, and then and it's, sometimes it's the smallest things. Um, and the title of my talk is Who is Following You? And questions that we have to ask ourselves, you know, do you know Christ? I mean, that's one of the first things we've got, you know, if we don't know Christ, we need to, um, that's the first question we have to start with, right? Do you know Christ uh, for everybody? And then are you saved? But after that, we have to start uh, going deeper in our questions. Um, and the questions at that point go all over the place. But for me, what, I, what I'm dealing with now and what I'm struggling with now is this question of who is following you? And the thing that jumped out at me back in April was I was reading in 1 Corinthians um, 11 and 1. And if we can go there right now, 1 Corinthians 11 and 1. And it's so simple. And it's something that we know. But when I was going through this, I, I stopped right there. And I just had to look into, uh, it just made me really go into reflection. So 1 Corinthians 11 and 1. And I'm reading out of the King James right now. It says, be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Be ye followers of me. So this is Paul talking. And in this situation, um, it jumped out at me because I'm always thinking about following Jesus, you know. And, and uh, Minister Lamar said it uh, on uh, Monday. Other people have said it, but the slogan that was, you know, what would Jesus do? And then as we walk, uh, we have our walk with God, you know, it's, who am I following? And we always look in that direction first. And that's the direction we absolutely have to. We can't get to where what I'm talking about now if we're not looking at who we're following. We have to be looking at who we're following because we jump into things like, I want to be a leader. I want to be in a position. But if we don't know that somebody has got to be the head of us, and that's what Paul goes on to say. He says, thank you for remembering me. He says, thank you for honoring me. But... Christ is the head. And he goes and he, and he breaks it down a little bit shortly after that in 1 Corinthians 11. 1, he actually gets into a rebuke uh, after that. Because if you were following just me, then you weren't seeing the Christ that was supposed to be coming through him. So for us, if we're going to look and say, who's, who's following me? You better know where you're going and you better start there. Now, that's a whole separate uh, area um, that, you know, I want to touch on today because um, that's, that's got to be our foundation. So just like that, this, you know, 1 Corinthians 11, one is my foundation scripture. This has to be our foundational, uh, our foundation as far as if you want people to follow you, you've got to know where you're going. But you can't be dependent upon yourself. You can't only rely on yourself. Um, so it's got to start uh, with Jesus. Um, a scripture we know well, and 
Another thing in, in thinking about this is having the humility. We're going to go through some familiar scriptures, and we may know them, but read them, look at them, because one of the things that we can overlook is, I know it, I don't need to do it. Now, nobody's going to be following you because you're losing direction of where you're going because you may miss something. So um, as we go through these, I know you're going to know a lot of these scripture verses, but I want you to be kind of locked in uh, as to what they're saying because there's going to be five steps, five steps to figure out who is following you, five steps to figure out who is following you, but there's also five, um, five traps that prevent us from really having people follow us because um, it's, it's not about uh, us as individuals. Um, so next scripture is Matthew 16 and 24. Matthew 16 and 24. And we, we should know this uh, for Master Life, um, foundation of, of the first book of Master Life. Um, Matthew 16 and 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Those are instructions. Those are instructions. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. I think of Zipporah when I think of this because, uh, you know, I, I don't know when it was placed on our heart, but I remember ever since Master Life uh, class, um, you know, she's added it into every time she prays. Uh, it feels like that is one of the things that is always coming out of her mouth. I feel like she is saying that a lot. So I think about Zipporah a lot as far as um, denying self and then taking up the cross and then following me. Um, but that's what we have to do. Like Christ is telling us we have to follow him. Follow him. And there's instructions right there. They're very simple. Deny self. Okay. Take up the cross and follow me. Another thing about why we need to be looking ahead, to be looking back to see who's following us, Matthew 6 and 33. And I know uh, Amelia used this the other night in her talk. Um, but Matthew 6 and 33, once again, out of the King James Version. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now we can go on and on with scriptures, but just those two scriptures, okay? Deny self, right? Take up the cross and follow me. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. So these things have to be first before we can do anything else. You cannot have followers if you are not doing those things. You say, well, there's lots of people that have a lot of people following and they aren't following those things. We'll get to that. Hang on, okay? We'll get to that part of the story. But when we're looking at this, as far as that's got to be first. So it's got to be. Jesus has to be first. What would Jesus do if, if we're following that? It can't just be an acronym. It can't just be on your shirt. It can't just be on your hat, a bumper sticker. Those things, that was everywhere, right? It's a lot, a lot of marketing behind that for somebody. But if it's not the right marketing because you actually have to not just wear it, you have to follow it. You have to do it. You have to be following Jesus to actually do what would Jesus do. And if you're not, if that's not guiding you, we can't get to the rest of this. Now, that's, that's like a whole other talk, but I have to start there because um, I just would not be obedient if uh, I didn't let you know that, that that's where we need to start. This week's been amazing with Minister Lamar starting us off with, you know, uh, Christ releases you. I think that, that just opened up the week. 
and then what Amelia broke down as far as what are you looking for? And then I'm like, wow, how, how are Amelia and I on the same page? And then Pastor Melanie started talking yesterday, and I was like, how does she have my notes? How is what she's talking about? Because you know what keeps us from Jesus? Justification. Justifications keep us from Jesus. And it's our justifications. Pastor Melanie brought up excuses early in her talk yesterday. But it's those justifications. What are those things that are keeping us from Jesus? And it's so easy to justify the things that we're doing. When I first started coming to Ayers, uh, there was a, a Wednesday night uh, midweek service talk that Pastor Keith gave. Represent what you represent. And in represent what you represent, Pastor Keith mentioned uh, that people expect more than they're willing to give. He also mentioned we need to do all things under the Lord, regardless of circumstances. Pastor Melanie was talking about that uh, yesterday. Regardless of the circumstances, who are we following? But we can't get people to follow us if we're filled with justifications. So I need to get into a little bit of my early life, and I, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time there, but I graduate from college. And when you graduate from college, you have expectations. And Pastor Melanie was talking about uh, schooling yesterday. She was talking about uh, going through that yesterday. But so I graduate from college, criminal justice degree. And in graduating from college, what, I was looking for that job. My dad said, um, you don't have a job. You need to get a job. So there were, there were uh, temporary agencies where I'd go, you know, you get a job for a day or two days or a week, and when it's done, you just go and get another one. Then I finally got my break, and I went into juvenile corrections, um, you know, in upstate New York. Uh, and it's interesting that Pastor uh, was doing a similar thing up there, but um, juvenile corrections in upstate New York. So now I went to college, and I'm doing what I went to college for. That's phenomenal, doing what I went to college for. This position was an 18-month position, it was, it was a terminal position because of the burnout that existed in the position. It was also a good way to get people right out of college, not necessarily give them a whole lot of money, and then give them a taste of what the criminal justice system was about. So I got this job. I'm working in juvenile corrections, and I actually worked my way. There were other positions available um, because we had the facilities. We had long-term facilities, emergency facilities. We had uh, all different types of facilities, plus we did outreach and tracking at what it was called at that point in time. So I worked my way through. I got different positions, but I felt, and, Mas and, Pas and uh, Pastor Melanie talked about this yesterday, titles and positions. And I felt, oh, I've got this position. It's related to my degree. I'm, I'm something. You know, it was all associated. I was, I was focused on a title. I had to validate myself. I had to justify myself. I was justifying myself by giving myself that title. I have to do this. When I left there, is when I moved to North Carolina, I moved to Greensboro. And when I moved to Greensboro, I'd saved up enough money. Uh, I, was worried, I was worried where the economy was going. Um, and, you know, I was like, you know what, I want to go out. I'm, I'm, the weather, the economy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move to North Carolina. So I moved to North Carolina without a job, but I had 30 days of money. So 30 days, I just packed up and left. Now, if it was God, I didn't know it at the time. You know, but it's, all, it's always God. But I didn't know it at the time because I wasn't following God at the time. I just was following Robert at the time. But I packed up, left, had 30 days, so I got a job. Golf course maintenance. Got a, didn't pay the bills. 
So then I was working in a restaurant. Worked in the kitchen, worked in uh, the, the front of the house, the back of the house. Uh, so I did those two jobs. Went to the golf course maintenance in the morning, went to uh, waited tables, worked in the kitchen at night. Um, and I got to a point where I was like, man, I started justifying why I shouldn't be doing those jobs. Started my own justification of why I shouldn't be doing those jobs. And I said, look, you know what, well, I've got a college degree. I, I need to be doing something that I consider to be professional. Because I thought my parents being proud of me or other people looking at me was all about my title. So I started looking for jobs, you know, and I, I went out, got a job working in, uh, on aircrafts. Worked at the Greensboro Airport, worked on airplanes, uh, did that for a while. I said, man, I, I just didn't like the, the punching in, the punching out. You know, a lot of things I didn't like. Robert had a whole lot of things that he didn't like because it didn't justify who he thought he should be because I wasn't looking to God. I didn't realize God may have placed me there, but, you know, remember, we're talking about following. I'm trying to figure out who I'm following. I'm still following Robert. So... Back then, you had to get jobs out of the newspaper. So you look through the classified section of the newspaper, and there was always something that kept jumping out was, we'll pay you for three months to train you. And then you work on salary after that, or commission after that, and there'll be no salary. I was like, man, three months of a secure job, that's great. So I was like, all right, now, I, you know what, went to the interview. Oh, I get to wear a suit and tie. Wow, that means I'm something, you know? I'm 20 nothing. 20 nothing, and I'm sitting there going, man, I'm going to put on a suit and tie. And all of a sudden, people start calling me uh, Mr. Stack. And I'm training with the best, and I'm getting certified. I pass all the state tests, and I become a certified financial planner. And after three months, I get the, I get the, um, the business card. Love a business card. Oh, here's my, here's my, here's my card. I'm a 20 nothing trying to, and, and I was selling insurance. But I wasn't just selling insurance. I was a certified financial planner. I had letters. I had the card. I had my name was on it. I, I at 20 nothing, am going to help fix your life. First three months were great. I worked with phenomenal people. It was one of the biggest uh, insurance companies in the, in the country. And at that point in time, um, you know, I worked with them. And you build up a, a bank, basically. So when, uh, So if you're working on commission, you can you know, build up your bank to the point where you can kind of save some in there for the lean times. Well, that fourth month, I was living off my bank that I'd got from working with the real guys, like the real salesmen, you know, the, the ones who were the ones that I was trying to follow after. But so now I'm sitting there and I'm going, hey, you know what? Um, I'm going to do it on my own. I'm going to figure it out. And all of a sudden, my bank dwindled down. And all of a sudden, there was nothing. You know, the suit didn't mean anything. My business card didn't mean anything. My title didn't mean anything. People weren't following me to, become, to get insurance. Not because life insurance wasn't important. Not because the products that I was selling were not important. But I wasn't a salesman. I wasn't into it. And nobody was following me because I refused to follow the guys that were in front of me. And since I didn't follow them, well, now I've arrived. I've got the business card. My business card means as much as your business card. No. 
You know, all the, you know, you got to go through so many no's to get a yes and, and all that kind of stuff. But now I like, oh, man, you know, I want to go to the business lunch. You know, I want to do, you know, I want to do this. I want to have to, you know, I want the night in the hotel. And I want the, you know, I want all the company things that were going along with it. 20 nothing, thinking I knew something. Now, let me rewind. My last semester of college, um, and I don't know how I did it because we didn't have a whole lot, but my dad was... He, he, he got into a franchise. Um, uh, I'll just say a sandwich franchise. And it wasn't big. And my mother, he didn't come to me, but my mother came to me and said, Dad wants you to, to run, run the, the store when it opens. And I was like, huh? What am I, what am I going to college for? No, I'm, I'm, I'm a criminal justice major, Mom. Like, that's, that's no, not, not for me. Like, think of the words that I'm saying. My mom was like, your dad would like you to run this. To run this. Ownership. Management. You're chasing business cards. You could have done this. I told him no. No, no, I'm not, not going to do that. Because Robert's got a plan. <laughs> And, and, and Robert's going to finish, and then Robert's going to go do the things that he wants to do. And they're like, okay. So they found somebody else. Became one of the biggest franchises, not that particular store, but the company became one of the biggest franchises in the world. But the person who took it over didn't handle their affairs. Since they didn't handle their affairs, the business crashed right before the major ad campaign that took that company to a whole new level. But we know the name. We know what it is. I could have been part of that. Could have been part of that. But I said, no, because that wasn't Robert's. But no, I'm, I, I'm a criminal justice major. I'm going to do criminal justice things. I'm not running, I'm not running the sandwich shop. No, nope, not going to be an owner. No, that's, that, that doesn't, that, now my friends and stuff like that, there was no Facebook like there, so I couldn't post this stuff on, on, on social media that, you know, this is who I am. So, like, it was just my circle of friends that I would have to go back to, and, and for whatever reason, I didn't value that. Because I didn't see it as ownership. I saw it as working at a sandwich shop, and I wasn't going to do that. Um, just things that we, we don't do because of our justifications. And I'm not trying to convict anybody in this, but justification is so big because we justify so many different things, and I have to get that point. It's justification that keeps us from Jesus. It's justification that keeps us from Jesus. Being justified is in the Bible. I'll get to that in a minute. But it's not Robert's justifications. The justifications um, that I'm looking at, um, when we entered everything that was going on back in March, things are, are closing down, shutting down. Um, whatever terminology you want to use. One week into it, somebody came out. And there's a streaming service. Lots of streaming services. I won't say what's, what's streaming service, but they're like, I'm done with it. Like, oh, like you don't want to watch the, the shows and stuff that are on that streaming service? And this person was like, no, I'm done with that. I finished. Like, you finished? We're, we're one week into your lifestyle being changed and you're finished? You finished the whole thing? That's unbelievable. You can't get anything else out of it. It's a streaming service. You know, I looked around. I, I'm, I'm done with it. I've used it all up. Really? The whole thing? Now, now keep in mind, 
how the more things change, the more it stays the same. Some of us grew up with like three stations, you know, and um, wasn't nothing on sometimes. And then we went to cable, got more stations, then there wasn't anything on. About 20 years ago, we had like the satellite TVs and like hundreds of stations. Man, got all these stations and nothing on. We got all this and nothing. Now we got all, you know, what, there's, there's, there's music streaming, there's video streaming, there's every type of streaming out, and I'm done? I've finished. I'm bored. Give me my fix. Give me my fix. I quit social media right after our anniversary. It was in late April. I had to shout my love for my, for my wife from the rooftop because that's what I said. You know, if, if I don't post something about my wife, then I'm a bad husband. I got to post something about her. That's, you know, because if I go to the rooftop, nobody's going to hear me. I'm going to upset the neighbors. But I got to do that. But after I, I'm done, I'm, I, I just can't, I can't do it anymore. So what I did, because there's an addiction, there's a fix. So I went to another social media platform. And I started following Basketball coaches. I coach basketball. I started following coaches. Not coaches. No, most of you are not going to know because they're not on TV all the time. They're not in the power conferences, you know. But people who are sharing, people who have said that they're coaches and they follow Christ, people who are having prayer um, sessions, um, but people who are also sharing basketball. So I started following a couple, and then I started following a couple more, and then I started following a couple more. One night. In brutal honesty, my wife says, oh, so you just replaced one for another. And I was like, no, 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 no. See, see, I'm getting things. You know what? Like, I didn't know about this little technique in basketball right here, and I'm learning. Because there's, there's clinics. There's clinics and conferences which don't always give you all the, the meat that you need. But then the, this, it, it was good stuff. And justifications can be good. Justifications don't always have to be bad. But I was following these, these coaches, and I was like, wait a minute. Wow, she's right. I was following this. This, I didn't want to follow anymore for a variety of reasons, so I started following this. There's a reason companies hire psychologists. There's an absolute reason why they hire psychologists. Because binging, you look back in the 80s, it dealt with like alcohol and drugs, you know, oh, they, you know, they, they, you know, they're binging. But now we binge all the time and we don't even realize the addictions, you know, and what we're following and how we're feeding ourselves. We, don't, we get lost for hours, you know. Eight hours at work is too long, but, man, eight hours of that, boom, it's gone like that. And I'm done. I've finished it. I've reached a level, and I'm, look, you, you want... I'm not condemning, as Pastor says, you know, this is for me. Like, I, I lived it. I went from one to another, and it was taking my time. And I'm not on there all the time, but that's what I'll be doing, just like flip, 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 look, checking out with my thumb, just because I, I just, I'm following that. All these justifications. If we look at um, Jeremiah, and it's, it's going to be wrong on the screen because I, I, I gave uh, Marcus the wrong. Uh, I, I transposed the numbers. So it's actually Jeremiah 1, 4 through 10. But Jeremiah 1, 4 through 10. 
you just go there. I love this. And there's, there's lots of examples. We don't always turn out you know, the way this story is going to turn out. But go to Jeremiah 1, 4 and 10. So the word, it says, then the word of the Lord, Jeremiah 1, 4, uh, 4 through 10. And the word of the Lord came unto me saying, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. This is what I've done. This is what the Lord is saying. This is what, this is what you are. This is exactly who you are. This is what I've done. This is what your purpose to do. It's already done. Verse 6. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I am a child. Excuse. Excuse. Moses did the same thing. They're not going to believe me. They're not going to do it. There's, there's numerous examples. This is one of the ones that, that sticks out for me because he's just saying there, uh, I cannot speak for I am a child. Excuses of why we can't fulfill our purpose. And if we can't fulfill our purpose, nobody's going to follow us. If we aren't doing exactly what we need to do, we've got to have faith, we've got to have trust in the Lord. And then listen to this in number seven, in verse seven. But the Lord said unto me, say not, I am a child. Don't, don't say that. For thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. Wow. You can go anywhere with that. Unless you deny it. Unless you don't follow it. Unless you make the excuses of why you can't do it. And if you want to make the excuses of why you can't do it, God will give us our strength through our weaknesses. Because we have our gifts. He already knows about those. I know you can do some of these things, but these are the things that I need you to do, and I need you to do them now. No, I don't feel like it. Justified. Tired. Justified. I, I got a busy week. I'm justified. You know, they'll understand. Justified. The Bible says we're justified by faith. The Bible says we're justified uh, by grace. Just shall live by faith alone. You didn't say Robert gets to make up any excuses he wants to. By faith. And if you have faith, we know how this will continue to work out for Jeremiah. But we, we, whenever we're challenged... When we're challenged, we end up in that situation where we're like, mm, yeah, no, I can't do it. And these are the reasons why. That's not for me. That's, no, I don't like to talk, you know. Well, I'm going to give you the words. Can you imagine that? He's going to give you the words. And he does it every time. He's going to give you the things that you need every single time. Man, it's powerful. Um, jar justifications. Um, Let's look at Romans 1 and 20. Romans 1 and 20. And, and I'm in the, um, 
I'm reading out of the King James to start with, but Romans 1 and 20. Still on justifications. Because God, God can lay a lot on my heart, but um, uh, I have learned from pastor that we got to go back uh, to the word, you know, because otherwise it's just Robert. And Romans 1 and 20, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, Amelia. I say Amelia because uh, what are you looking for? Are clearly seen. That was the title of Amelia's talk on uh, Tuesday. Um, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power in, in Godhead, so that they are without excuse. I want to read um, what the message version says. So I think the title, the message version, and the message version uh, has it in uh, uh, Romans uh, 1, but it's 18 to 23. But the, the message has, a, has a, a subtitle that says, Ignoring God Leads to a Downward Spiral. And let me read that, that version of Romans 1. This is actually 18 to 23 in the message version. But God's angry displeasure erupts as acts of human mistrust and wrongdoing and lying accumulate. As people try to put a shroud over truth. Wow. But the basic reality, the basic, the foundation, the basic reality of God is plain enough. Open your eyes and there it is. By taking a long and thoughtful look at what God has created, people have always been, always been able to see what their eyes as such can't see. Eternal power, for instance, and the mystery of his divine being. So nobody has a good excuse. So nobody has a good excuse. What happened was this. People knew God perfectly well, but when they didn't treat him like God, refusing to worship him, they trivialized themselves into silliness and confusion so that there was neither sense nor direction left in their lives. They'd pretend to know it all, but were illiterate. That's Romans uh, 1, 18 to 23. Uh, the message really breaks it down, uh, and, and it'll smack you in the face um, about excuses and about pretending to know it all. I, I used to know it all. I used to. I used to know it all. Um, talked about being justified. Uh, talked about um, in Galatians 3 and 11. You know, I had already mentioned this, but uh, the just shall live by faith. That may not be on, on the screen, uh, as I may have added some, but in Titus 3 and 7, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So, first step, we've got to know Jesus. But the thing that's going to keep us from taking that step is our justifications. Coach doesn't like me. The tryouts were... Met, they were rigged. This coach doesn't like I'm not getting playing time because of coach. I'm not talking to coach. I'm not asking him what I'm doing. But when I do ask him what I'm doing, no, he doesn't know. He doesn't know how good I am. There's always an excuse. There's always a justification. And that's our justification that keeps us from Jesus. If that's what God's plan is for you, then it's going to work out. But not if you're following you. You've got to be following Jesus. So that's number one. Follow Jesus. 
get rid of your justification. I got a lot of them. I'm not standing up here like I'm anybody because I got a lot of justifications and they're keeping me from a lot of things. Even though I may cloak them as good justifications. Step two. Now, how do you get people to follow you? If you know who you're following and I'm following Jesus, how do I get people to follow me? Everyone. Think of everyone. Think of everyone else first. Think of others. How can I get help? Coaches, if you're listening, a lot of times we, um, as coaches, uh, people in general, we don't like to seek help. A lot, of, a lot of men don't like to seek, seek help. I've got to know it all. But we already found out about what knowing it all means. You end up illiterate. But in this situation, we've got to think about others. We've got to think about what we're doing for others. We've got to put others first. So let's go to Philippians 2, 3, and 4. We read this verse all the time. It's just that powerful. Philippians 2, 3, and 4. Philippians 2, 3, and 4. I'm back in King James. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Let each esteem others better than yourselves. It's not just me saying you need to think of everybody. Look not, and this is a, a verse 4. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. When I put others first, it's amazing what I've got in return. And I don't know how I, and I think that's part of me, but I don't know why I can't take it to another level. I can't take it to another level. We've got to be thinking of other people. You know, esteem others better than yourself. Let's go to Romans 12 and 10. Romans 12 and 10. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another. The Amplified Version of Romans 12 and 10, the Amplified Version says, brotherly affection as members of one family. And, and as we've learned, we are one body. We are one family. Right? That's that phileo love that talked about. Right? Now the phileo, you know, you have the eros, you have the phileo, the brotherly love, uh, and then you have the ultimate, the agape love. God is love. But this is that brotherly love. We got, we got to reach out to people. We got to. And reach out, we got to understand. We can't say that I am too big to not understand. Can't say that I know it all, that I can't try to find out about others. It's got to be about other people. And what takes us away from it being about other people is when we get too involved in ourselves. Let's go to Matthew 6 and 24. Matthew 6 and 24. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon could be money, but anything that could be valued over the Lord. You can't serve it. 
So now you've lost who you're, you've lost who you're following, so people aren't going to follow you. You put other people first, it's a step towards them following you. It's a step. Let's go to John 15, 5. And uh, Amelia, I'm pretty sure, mentioned this in comments last night uh, to Pastor Mel. And this, this goes back to uh, uh, Master Life. And the Disciples' Cross book. Um, but John 15, 5. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. And Amelia said, that fruit is heavy. That's one, that's one of the things that stood out for me last night. She said, that fruit's heavy. Because for others. Because if it was for ourselves, we'd just be like, well, I don't need it. Or I'm just going to put it over here. But we're supposed to um, uh, multiply and replenish. That's the fruit. That's the fruit. It's for others. So what keeps us from taking that step so that people can follow us? Ego. Pastor Melanie talked about pride yesterday. John 5. If we go to John 5, verse 19. John 5, verse 19. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I'm, I'm going into it a little bit, but verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do, for what things soever he doeth, these doeth the Son. So when is my pride, when is my ego preventing people from following me? Who? But I, I don't know that they have to follow me, but who, who should be following me? My wife and son are right there. But if my ego gets in the way, I can't help them. I can't be the father, the husband that they need me to be. I can't lead in a way that I need to lead. My other son in New York, I can't, you know, if, if I'm getting in the way, and I get in the way, I get in the way because uh, I, I know these things, but I don't always follow them. And by doing that, I'm preventing him from, from being all that he can be because I'd like for him to be looking at me. You know, I want him, remember, we start with Jesus. He better be looking at Jesus first. But after that, I have a responsibility, and if I get in my own way, I can't fulfill my responsibilities. So nobody's going to be following me. So I can't get mad when he's not following what I want him to do. I can't get, I do. To different degrees. Man, don't do this. Don't make the same mistake. Don't do, well, you know what? You just told me how you just didn't want to run a sandwich stop. So how are you going to tell me what to do? You're right. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's a lesson that God's teaching me. You know what, about how, you know, we want to, Pastor Keith always says, don't make the same mistakes I make. But man, if I'm getting in my own way, if I can't get the message across, then I get mad, but I, I need to check myself and say, why are you getting mad when you're getting in your own way? Pride gets in the way for so many things. But you can't expect people to follow you. You know, we were watching something, I didn't see the whole thing, but we were watching something and, uh, a famous athlete um, that uh, people got to know again. Talk trash. And, and Ryder said to me, people can't handle tra trash talking today. And I said, 
I said, that, I said this to him. I said, that's because everybody comes on the court talking trash. This person didn't come on the court talking trash when they entered. You're seeing them at the highest level. You're seeing them as a global brand. Now, do I condone that? Do I, am I saying that that's what should happen? That's a whole other lesson. <laughs> but this, what I'm saying right here is, he, you don't just, like, a lot of people today just want to step out and say, I'm the greatest. And if you can't see it, you know, I'm here. Now, I'm, I'm on this team. I'm with this. I've got this trainer. I've got this coach. I'm doing this. You know what? What did you do last week? Well, went for a little run. Okay, good. We lost an amazing uh, athlete. Everybody wants to, you know, we, we, you know, during a season, everybody was, you know, we got to wear these colors and we gotta, we gotta show love to this person. I had a lot talk in the locker room. I said, okay. I said, I don't mind doing that. I hate a lost life. I said, but you need to remember, you probably wouldn't want that person in the locker room with you because the way you're playing and the expectations you have wouldn't match up to his expectations. People used to try to beat this person to the gym. Exhaustive. I love that word because the pastor uses it. He's an exhaustive thinker. Yes. And you better come when you're facing somebody exhaustive. That's why we're talking about people because they've been exhaustive. Exhaustive. I broke his wrist. Teammate is like, you know what? I'm going to beat him to the gym because he's got his dominant hand is a broken wrist. So I'm going to finally beat him to the gym. October. Shows up, pouring down sweat. That's what I told my team. I said, that, if, yes, if we're going to honor, then let's truly honor. Then you, you show up, you know, an hour before I get into the gym. You're dripping with sweat. Now, I'm, oh, I'm tired. My legs are a little sore. No, dripping, exhausted. And practice hasn't even started. That's next level stuff. Next level stuff. Um, which gets me into my next step. What are your non-negotiables? And it's your negotiables that are keeping you from having followers. What are your non-negotiables? Well, no, that's, that's my limit. That's where I stopped. I'm not going to do that. We have a game. We have one of those small buses, 14 passenger buses. We go out, uh, open up the bus, and we were, all, we were next to a college campus, and some college kids came and did some things they shouldn't have done, and one of them was go to the bathroom. Where the game is an hour from tip-off, we're 30 minutes away, players open the door like, oh, my goodness. And I was like, oh, no. Now, they weren't doing it. They weren't cleaning up. But look, we got to go. We got 30 minutes. We're going to need to change be out there for warm-ups. We got to be ready to go. But someone decided to go to the bathroom in the, in the back of that bus. That, that was not my job description. But I had to make a decision real quick. You know, student throws up at school. I walk by it because I have a title. Oh, no, no, maintenance will get that. No, no, no. Just, just, just. I'm not even going to stand here and make sure people don't walk through it. I, you know, maintenance, that's their problem. Pastor uh, says, you got that, right? You know? Man, I got, look, I told you how I wanted titles. 
I've got titles now, and it's not that I don't value them, but I hate that people look at the title as something to follow. Because it's not leading. Nobody's following me because of the title. They're showing up because they need a paycheck. And I got to listen to you. <laughs> so you can chase the title. You can chase the position. You can go boss everybody around. You can do all that. But they're not going to follow you. They're going to wait for the next best thing. Sometimes we've got to do things that we don't want to do. So what are those non-negotiables for you? What are you negotiating? What are you compromising? Now, that's where I draw the line right there. Why? You don't want to go any further? You don't want to get promoted? You don't want that next job? You don't want that person to run you run into that is going to take you someplace else and take you someplace uh, greater because that's what God has purposed for you because you stopped? Well, if you stop, guess who's stopping behind you? They're all going to run into you. You can only take people as far as you're going. And that, that's a big part of this message. You can only take people as far as you're going. You want some standards to start with? Starts with the fruits of the Spirit. Make those your non-negotiables. Love, joy, peace. This is in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Galatians 5, 22 and 23, the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Tell me, tell me how that's not good. Tell me that's not a good place to start. You don't like those? Start with humility. You don't like those? Start with wisdom. Godly wisdom. Make those your non-negotiables. Make those the things that you're standing by. As well, you know what? No, I can't be humbled. I did some humbling things this week. Humbling things this week. I'm, I'm 48, and that means about as much as it did when I was 20-nothing. I had to do some humbling things this week. But that's what I needed to do because that's what the Word tells me to do. That's what my playbook tells me to do. That's what, if, if what would Jesus do in this situation? Yeah. I'll humble myself to my son. He wants to do something a different way. He is, sometimes I get mad. But if it, he, it turns out, I'll be like, yeah, we were, we were tearing down a fence. Uh, and I was, I was moving the debris to uh, the vehicle in one way. And he's like, I'm going to go get the wheelbarrow and do it this way. I'm like, by the time you go get the wheelbarrow, and then you go over there, and then you come over here, I, I could be done. He gets the wheelbarrow, gets it, and it was faster. We're driving the cars like, yeah, you were right. I don't care. Humble yourself. But what's your non-negotiables? Because it's the negotiables that are keeping you. And where do you find them? Start with the fruits of the Spirit. That's a good step. But if you don't want to start there, look through the Word. Step four. I'm, I'm winding down here, I promise. Um, step four. Um, we have to grow. We have to grow. We can't stop growing. Philippians 1 and 6. Philippians 1 and 6. Being confident in this very thing. This, this was a locker room speech for the championship game of the conference tournament. It's like, God, what am I going to say to these girls? He's like, well, why don't you say this? They're like, what do you say in the locker room? You know, what's the words of wisdom? Coach ain't got none. <laughs> I'm going to look, see what God says, and let's see how we get this thing started. This is my exact talk of that night. I just walked in. I said, this is what we're going to do. 
I said Philippians 1 6 being confident in this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ so if we're meant to win this championship then we're going to go do it because we are going to give praise and honor and glory to God that's who we're following us and if there's a trophy at the end then great if there is not then there's going to be something else for us and there was something even more phenomenal that day when a kid got saved and I'd give up that trophy in a heartbeat I'd go 0 and 30 to save somebody not me God that team it wasn't me. It was those girls. Those, I didn't do nothing. Those girls did it all. But they showed him who God was. That was the whole, that was the whole speech. God, I'm going to turn it over to God. Yeah, I'm going to have insight and I'm going to have some things. It's not like we didn't prepare. It's not like we just showed up and I just said this verse. But you know what? It's game time. It's in you. He will perform it. Be confident. If you're confident in that, then this game is nothing. You're just going to roll right on out there. Uh, let's move uh, to 2 Peter 3 and 18. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. We got to grow. It's about growing. And uh, like, like coaches, coaches do this all the time and in the situation we're currently in. It's like it's going to take some work to get some people back to where they need to as far as athletes. Well, coaches will pull out their, their, uh, their workout plan from 1982. This is what I did when I was in high school. Look at me. And I, and I did this, this, and this. I never understood why kids show up at colleges. And it's like, man, those workouts were so tough. Yeah, it's because you didn't do anything all summer. Yeah, I did. I was in the gym. I did this. No. You knew. You were already there one year. When you're a freshman, you're excused. But when you know what the workout's going to be, why wouldn't you perform up here? Why wouldn't you move to another level as opposed to stay down here? Why wouldn't you go up here and then be looking at everybody else going, oh, I'm good? Yeah, that, that conditioning was nothing because you know what? I lived it last year. I knew what to expect, and I pushed myself. I've got to grow every single day. I have not achieved to the point where I'm comfortable because the, what holds you back is giving up, and I'm sorry. I'm not, that, that's me. I'll tell you when I give up. When I feel like I can't commit myself to be everything that Robert is, I back off. I can't do it because I can't do it to the full extent. Because I'm pulled over here, I'm pulled over here. That's an excuse. But that's when I give up. It's a give up point. I can't grow because I've pulled myself back because I'm sitting there justifying why I can't move to another level. So I confess that. There's a lot of things that I pull back from because, you know what, man, I, I don't know how to do all these things. Yeah, I feel like God's going to show me, but I've got to press into the grow. I've got to be challenged. So if we're not growing, you're, you're fine here. This is exactly where you want to be. You have everything. You're done. I'm, I'm done. I'm done with the streaming service. I've done it all. I'm done. I've used it up. Now I'm bored. I'll buy another streaming service and see what they got. Then I'll buy a third one. Then my cable bill used to, no, no, that's my story. Sorry. Sorry about that. I apologize. Um, last accountability. We have to reflect. Romans 14 and 12. Romans 14 and 12. So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh, you got, I got, we don't like to talk to anybody. <laughs> we like to hide behind everything. I don't, I don't like to talk to people. Like, no, I don't like, I don't, you know, I'll just shoot them an email. 
I'll just give them a like. I'll just follow, I'll, I'll, I'll send them a direct message, you know. Now, I don't do that. No, I don't want to, no. no. You mean we've got to talk to God about all the things we've done? <laughs> Whoa, if that doesn't straighten you up. You know, people can't follow you if you are not following Jesus. They can't follow you if you're not seeking others first. They can't follow you if you, your non-negotiables don't match up with the Bible. People can't follow if you're not continuing to grow. If you get stagnant, guess what? They get stagnant. If I stop and say, you know what, I'm done. You know, Ryder, I've, I've worked, man, you know, I've worked, I don't know, let's see, 20-some, 30 years. Worked 30 years, that's good, you know. I should be good. That right, that math may be wrong, but um, yeah, I think I'm done. Let's just stop right here. We got, you know, we got all these blessings. Let's just stop right here. Mister, you're good, right? We, like, we're good? Like, we just, let's not even go into work tomorrow because we're good. Let's just stop right here. I'm sure it'll all work out. No, 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 no. We got to continue because we, you know, we make, we got to give an account for the things that we're doing, we got to reflect. And if we don't start reflecting on the things that we need to do, who are we hurting? Pastor also says this, you know, there are lives at stake. That verse right there, we have to give an account to God. Man. That's going to be a tough talk. And, and, and he's not going to do it through, like, Zoom. You know, he's not going to do it, uh, you know, send me an email of all the things and then we'll talk about it. No. Can you kind of, is this a rough draft? You know, can I get one of your disciples to look it over just kind of make sure that I know what the interview is going to be like? No. We have to give an account. 1 Corinthians 6 and 12. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Yeah, you can do it. Are you holding yourself accountable or are you making allowances? 1 John 1 and 8. 1 John 1 and 8. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So we're not being accountable. We're making allowances. You want an allowance or you want the whole check? Harold, what do you think? You want, you want an allowance or you want all the money that's in the account? All the money is in the account, right? You don't want just the allowance. You'll take the allowance. But if it's an option of the two, we're going to take the whole account. We have to hold ourselves accountable. We have to know what's in that account. And is it pushing us towards our path? So I've got this game here to wrap up, to give you a visual. This one over here what we talked about in Jeremiah 1, 4, and 10, okay? When you were in the belly, you know, God made you. This is what he made you to be. This is it. This is it right here. This is all. It's solid. It's sturdy. It's built on good ground. God already has it done. But it, this is me back here. Um, that sandwich shop. Let's see. Let's move it. Oh, yeah. I'm moving on up. That sandwich shop didn't stop me. Oh, that person I hurt. See that person I hurt? Let me see. I'll just, uh, let me see. I'll just, oh, 
I compromised. Guess what? I compromised, and I'm still moving to a whole new level. That's what God had for me. But look at this. I'm moving up. Tearing down my foundation. Ripping things out. That's all right. Look, I'm still standing. I'm still standing. But, uh, yeah, those, those, those days I used to spend, uh, you know, Sunday through Saturday in the bar, still standing. Now, now this person over here is like, well, maybe I should compromise. Maybe, maybe I should follow what they're doing because look, look at what they got. Man, they're moving to a whole new level. Maybe I should be doing what they're doing because, look, this, if, that's, if that's as far as God wants me to go, but look at what they're doing. Man, here's another. Um, man, lust. Let's see, lust right here. Oh, yeah, that's, that's not a problem. Yeah, but don't worry about the whole, don't worry about, I'm, look, am I still standing? My stack bigger than yours? Yeah, uh-huh, what now? Look, I'm elevating. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm doing. Look at me. Oh, yeah. You know how this all works out. We eventually tear down our foundation. And there was a great fall. A great fall. That's what it says, right? It was a great fall. A great fall because what? You tore up your foundation. Whether you build it on sand or whether you rip it apart yourself. Go rip out the foundation of your house. Why would you do that? Just go tear it apart. Just take out some beams. Take out the supports. You're going to come in this church? We'd start taking those things out? Let's just start taking some stuff out. No, you're crazy. Why would you do that? Why would you do that to yourself? Why would you do it to yourself? Guess what happens when I follow this person? They had a great crash. So now who is following you? You're going to be this over here. Or you're going to be this right here. That's all I got. So there is a slight delay if you are streaming. Uh, so, um, you know, call in, mute your phones, mute your TV, uh, your internet, whatever. Turn, turn the sound down. Um, and then uh, Marcus will... Uh, we have anybody online but uh is there anybody online we'll start there yes enjoy my brother it's good hearing you uh speak um you did a great job and uh as you were talking i was thinking about the aspect of accountability a lot of times people think if they don't have a position or anything they don't have to be accountable like well the minister is supposed to do that but the Bible says that we are written epistles, read of all. And no matter what level that you're on, you got somebody that's following you. 